short time, I'm going to read two portions of Scripture. <clears throat> One from Numbers chapter 21, and a second portion from Galatians 6 and 9. I deeply appreciate the invitation to come. I thoroughly enjoyed the minister this morning, all of it. Appreciated the message Brother Travis has just preached to us. Praise God. In the 21st chapter of Numbers, two verses, 4 and 5, of Numbers chapter 21. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. You allow me to put that in Kentucky language. We're sick and tired of it. Sick and tired of this light bread. Then one verse, if I may, from Galatians 6, you will remember it when I read it in your hearing, Galatians 6 and 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. My subject for you for this Bible lesson is, I love the routine. Thank you for standing. God bless you. You may be seated. I appreciate all the Louisiana preachers and Mississippi preachers and maybe even some from over in Texas. I don't know. But there's at least three here from Florida. And they came all the way just to hear their superintendent. Hallelujah. I want to talk a moment, if I may, to all the young unmarried ladies or girls. If you don't want to wash the same shirt, wash the same dish, sweep the same floor, make the same bed, greet the same fella at the door, don't get married. <laughs> because marriage is a routine. You're going to wash that dish and iron that shirt and greet that same fellow. It is a routine. All the ladies said amen. Let me address the unmarried men. If you don't want to work at the same job and come home to the same house, to the same woman, sleep in the same bed and sit in the same chair, don't get married because marriage is a routine. Can you imagine pronouncing a couple man and wife? Then he turns to her and says, I'll see you around every now and then. <laughs> Wives are peculiar. They don't want you to come home every other night. They want you to come home every night. Can you imagine a wife saying to her husband, well, I'll live with you three days out of the week, every other day. I can't imagine telling GMAC when you sign a contract, oh, I'll be around every now and then. 
said, you'll see me the tenth of the month, buddy, or you'll be back on your feet again. <laughs> right? Routine. Routine. But Israel got tired of routine. The Bible said that God gave them manna, and that's a Hebrew word I understand that means what is this or what is it? And so then when they said manna or that what is this, it stuck. So they had what is this every day. <laughs> they had what is this for breakfast, dinner, and supper. Now I like chicken and dumplings, but I don't want it three times a day. They said we baked it, boiled it, charcoaled it, barbecued it, fried it, stewed it, stuffed it, and we're sick and tired of it. We loathe. That's not an easy word for me to say, loatheth. I say sick and tired. You, you can relate to that, can't you? You're sick and tired of it. But the New Testament, in the portion of the Bible that's children's bread, says, be not weary in well-doing. Let me rephrase it. Don't get tired of the routine. Now, we've been told in this Bible conference that Pentecost needs a lot of things, and we do. God knows there's room for improvement. I believe this is the best thing that ever came down the pike. Praise God. I used to hear fellows say, if this is not that, what is this and where is that? Forget it. This is that. Andrew said, we have found him. Shopping days are over, and this is a shopper's world. It's the order of the day to build shopping centers. But when you found the truth of the new birth, shopping days are over. This is that. We have found him. Praise God. Now I want to add my little bit here to say we need to fall in love all over again with God's routine. And I know when I say routine, I risk turning somebody off. But routine is what keeps families together. Routine is what pays for the Chevrolet. Am I right? It's routine. I, uh, I'm not picking at anybody, but we have become obsessed, to some degree at least, of late, of sensationalism, one-night stands, people that can quote scripture by the yard, and kind of get tired of the old pastor. Bless God, that ought to start a victory march. <laughs> We get tired of the routine. I was told by, well, if I'd tell you who, you would immediately recognize. But let me just say an older minister, even older than I am, if that's possible. He said, I had to counsel a young couple, so I called one of the young ministers, and I said, start the service, and I'll be there just as quickly as I can. He said, yes, sir, and started out and turned back and said, what do you want me to do? Why, he said, I want you to have congregational singing. I want you to have prayer. I want you to receive the offering. 
I want you to have some special singing, maybe even a testimony or two. He said, yes, sir. Started out again, turned back, said, but pastor, that's what we always do. <laughs> and that old pastor said, yes, sir, and that's what we're going to keep on doing. I want to say here, God save us from the spirit. Dear God, we're not going to sing that again. You mean we're going to sing Amazing Grace again? How many times have we sung that? I want the devil to hear me say, I'm ready to sing it again. Israel is condemned in the scripture because they got tired of routine. But the word of God admonishes you and I, don't get tired of routine. Don't get weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Praise God. It is routine that has brought us to where we are. Praise God. I hope I don't offend anybody here, but I do occasionally look at the sports page. I don't go to the ball games, but I read so I know what's going on. Talk intelligently anyway. <laughs> and I read about Dan Marino and Joe Montana. You know, some of you fellas don't, like, like you don't know who they are, you know who they are. <laughs> They won the game. They threw the pass. They called the play. They received the ball. They stepped around in the backfield and threw the pass. Uh-huh. Yeah. How long would that last if those old big burly linemen up there that are down with their knuckles in the dirt, if they just said this time we're going to let him have it by himself? I don't know about Dan Marino, but if one of them big linebackers came at me, I'd give him the ball. <laughs> you wouldn't have to tackle me. I played a little high school football, and a great big linebacker changed my mind. That was not for me. I'm trying to show you that routine, bless God's what makes this world go round. It's not sensationalism. It's not one-night stands. Praise God. We preachers, you know, we preach and we pray and we're jack of all trades and sometimes master of none. But we wouldn't even have anybody to preach to if it wasn't for faithful saints of God that come night after night. That pay their time. That love God. That come and sit and listen to us. I want you to know I'm falling in love with God's routine all over again. Praise God. Praise God. Israel got tired of routine. And they failed God in the wilderness. We are God's spiritual people. And it is so easy for us, like Israel of old, to become bored with the routine. And I want to bring some Bible characters to your attention here today that 
get bored with routine. Some of them did. Many of them did not. We've had those who have become bored with the routine. But uh, thank God everybody has it. Hallelujah. I don't know. Uh, I never met a little boy named Judas. We just shrink from that name. This, you know, who would name a little boy Judas? It isn't all that bad. I'm not a student of the Greek. Dear God, I can hardly talk English. But uh, I do know that Judas is the Greek form of the word Judah, which just simply means praise. Now, it isn't all that bad, is it? But Judas, this man, I've got a book somebody gave me that uh, Judas was half devil, uh, some proponent of the serpent seed doctrine that said uh, his daddy was a devil and his mother was a woman and he couldn't be saved if he wanted to. I don't believe that junk. The Bible said that he was chosen by the Lord and received part of the ministry. In fact, let me say a little bit in behalf of Judas. He wasn't a class idiot. He was the secretary of of the group. And you don't put the class idiot in charge of the money. Right? The apostle John, yeah, he shouldn't do it anyway. The apostle John said he bare the bag. He had the treasure. He, had the, he carried the money. So apparently he had a little something on the ball. And uh, Mr. Thompson, the author of the Thompson Chain Reference Bible, breaks the three years of Jesus' ministry, I know about three and a half years, but he breaks them down into the year of inauguration, the year of popularity, and the year of opposition. Well, if that be true, Judas walked with Jesus during the year of inauguration. He was there during the year of popularity. He also was there during the year of opposition. Three years. He was there when things went well and when things did not go well. He got right down to the end. And then got bored with routine. And sold, as you know, uh, the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. Would you like to know how close Judas came to Pentecost? As near as I could determine, he was 53 days from the upper room. Not a year, not 10 years, 53 days. Let me say to us, this is no time to backslide. This is no time to get tired of routine. Jesus could come today. Praise God. This is not time to get tired of routine. This is time to fall in love with routine all over again. Praise God. Could it be possible that we could walk with God for these many years and then get tired of routine and go with Him maybe 53 seconds or minutes or hours or ever how long before Jesus comes. I don't want to get bored with routine now. Praise God. I don't want to be weary and well-doing for in due season it's going to pay off. Hallelujah. Well, let me talk to you a moment about 
Simeon. The Bible says there was a man in Israel. He was a just man waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed to him that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. Am I right? Okay. It was a Jewish custom that every boy, baby born would be taken at eight days of age to the temple where he was circumcised and given the name. Got his identity there. Every Jewish family did it. Talk about routine. He stood there and he watched babies, 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 babies. He saw fat babies and skinny babies. He saw red-headed babies and black-headed babies and bald-headed babies. He saw pretty babies and ugly babies, rich babies and poor babies. How many babies can you look at? They came and went. That's not him. I think I would have said, I'm seeing babies in my sleep, Lord. You know, I've, I've had it with babies. I don't want to see any more babies. Did you hear the story of the old, uh, I'm going to say country boy, they put on the assembly line where cans came by. And they could only keep a fellow on there about two or three days because of the monotony. Conveyor full of cans, 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 cans. And this old boy just stayed with it day after day. Finally, the boss said, man, you've lasted longer in this job than anybody. Doesn't it bother you that nothing but cans come by? He said, no, it don't affect me, affect me, affect me, affect me. <laughs> I mean, how many babies can you look at? How many babies can you look at? And yet the Bible says... That Simeon was there. When Joseph and Mary brought the baby Jesus. I don't know what kind of a day it was. Maybe it was raining. Maybe it was cold. But from what I gleaned from the scriptures, he came when it was hot. And he came when it was cold. And he came when he felt good. And he came when he didn't feel good. In short, Simeon didn't get tired of God's routine. And God bless your heart, he was there when they brought the child Jesus and he picked him up in his arms. And he said, I'm glad I didn't get tired of routine. I'm glad I didn't get tired of looking at babies. Thank God mine eyes have seen my salvation. Guess who the Lord's coming after? He's coming after those of us with the spirit of Simeon. We come to church when it's cold and when it's hot. We come when the pastor's preaching and we come when some hot shot evangelist is here. Woo, hallelujah. We got those that can come when the hot shot evangelist is here, but they lose it, bless God, on Wednesday night Bible study. I got you that time. Hallelujah. We don't build churches with these one-nighters. We don't pay the bill.
bills with these one-nighters. We pay the bills with these, bless God, that are not weary of routine, but come like Simeon day after day. Come back our Mustang here after year. I got this one from Bishop Tenney. Do I if I use it? Yeah. Consider how many ever picked a four-leaf clover. You know where I'm going now. Oh, yeah, I've done it. Anybody else ever do it? Put it in a book. Why do we do that? Because a four-leaf clover is unusual. What is the ratio of four-leaf clovers to three-leaf clover? I don't know. Million to one? Ten million to one? Quadrillion to one? I don't know. But four-leaf clovers are unusual. I said, look what I got. And put it in the Bible. That's like these one-night boys. But what would the old cow do if she had to depend on four-leaf clovers? Hey, there wouldn't have been any cream for the coffee this morning. There wouldn't have been any milk for the oatmeal. There wouldn't be any cheese for the cheeseburgers. It's the three-leaf clovers that keeps the milk and butter and cheese coming. Don't be weary and well do it. In due season we'll reap if we don't get tired of routine. I'm not tired of Bible study. I'm not tired of prayer meeting. I'm not tired of congregational singing. I'm not tired of the kind of preaching I heard this morning. This pastor told me I didn't have to come in the morning. And I know that. Why did I come? I want to hear what the man of God has to say. I need to be preached to just like everybody else. But we, we're, we're eat up with these fellas that don't want to hear anybody else preach. Your own, your own George L. Glass Sr. You can't get much rancor in that in Louisiana. He said we'd walk a mile to preach a sermon, but we wouldn't walk across the street to hear one. Now your own brother George L. Glass said that. And you know what? It's too true. God help us, there's too much truth in it. Preacher, if you won't listen to preaching, you've got no business preaching. Now, you want me to go back to Florida? Or preach on? Hallelujah. Don't get weary and well do it. I have heard folks say, surely to God she ain't going to sing that song again. Surely he ain't going to preach that again. I heard the late brother E.T. Morgan say that when he read a portion of scripture, he had become accustomed to saying, now there's a number of good texts in that passage. Until he heard one of the deacons say, well, I would to God he'd get one and preach it. Let me talk to you about Anna. I don't want to let the ladies get away. She came. Yes, 
by the Holy Ghost. I think she saw more than one baby. She watched them come. Would you like to take a guess how many babies Simeon saw before he saw the Christ child? If you think you're going to flit in on the day of the rapture, Isn't going to work that way. I believe he's coming after those who have fallen in love with routine. You know, some of us serve God like an old lady. There was a fellow down in my church who was in the mortgage brokerage business. And he was going to buy this lady's mortgage and, and advance her some money on the equity in her house. And he was filling out the application. He said, Andy, how long have you been paying on this mortgage? She said, oh, Lord, four or five years off and on. <laughs> I don't know about Louisiana, but we got folks in Florida that come to church, serve God like that, off and on. If grandma's first cousins, aunts, half-brothers, nephews, neighbor dies, we're supposed to shut it down. Hello? I suppose they have church. Bless God, let the dead bury the dead. We need to attend to the business of the Lord. It's business as usual in the house of God. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about falling in love with God's routine. Now, in the book of Deuteronomy, the last chapter, as a matter of fact, the Bible said Moses, the servant of the Lord, died. And then, of course, you've got to have a new leader. And the Lord picked Joshua. Now, why Joshua? Huh? Why not Caleb or somebody else? The Bible said when Moses went up into the Mount of God, Mount Sinai, and was literally in the presence of God 40 days and nights, there was a young man who went up with him. But he didn't go all the way. This young man's name was Joshua. He followed Moses partway up the mount. And from what I can gather, Moses said, wait here, I'll be back. And Moses went on up into the top of the mount. Now, back down here in the camp in the valley, they was uh, making the golden calf and having the party and, and the Mardi Gras down there. And uh, Joshua wasn't down there. And he wasn't up here in the glory cloud. He was somewhere in between. And I'll declare that's where we are. Amen. I'll declare that's where we are. I hope that's where we are. We're not down there in the world. And we're not up there in the glory cloud. We're somewhere in between. Occupying till he come, right? Now let me confess my sin. I hate to wait. There is one traffic light. You know where it is. The corner of Cherry Street and, and uh, Tyndall Parkway, it must have six months of my life. <laughs> well, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but when I think about all the times I've sat there and watched that miserable thing, red, 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 yellow, oh, thank God it's green. And the next time, she helped me, God, same thing. Seems I always drive up there just when it turns red. And I could think of a lot of things I'd rather do than watch that light change. 
If I put it all together and that amounts to three or four hours or whatever it is, I, I, I can think of a lot of things I'd rather be doing than sitting there watching that miserable life. I don't like to wait. Amen. I try not to have anybody wait on me. I try to be considerate enough. I'm going to be late. Call. I won't charge you nothing for that. Right. Just throw that in. Yeah, that's good. Don't be egotistical. If somebody ought to wait on you, call and say, I'm going to be late, but I will be there at such and such a time. I don't like to wait on anybody, so I don't want anybody waiting on me. Glory, hallelujah. But Joshua had to wait. Hey, not one day, not two, not a week, 40 days. You know what Crabtree had done? I'd have found me a sharp piece of rock and a flat rock, and I'd have scratched on there. See you later, alligator. I've had it. I've had it with these cotton-picking rocks. Now, 40 days later, Moses comes down the map. Big deal. He'd been up there with God. He'd been up in the glory cloud. He had the tables under his arm. But poor Joshua down here trying to get on a rock and lean against the stump, whatever was it. What did he eat? What did he drink? What did he, where did he sleep? I mean, dear Lord, waiting on the side of a God-forsaken mountain? Here, it's going on down there, boy. Why don't you get in that? Huh? I'm here to tell you, it does get routine. How many floors have I swept? I'm talking about literally swept in the church. How many yards of grass have I cut? How many bathrooms have I cleaned? How many church buses have I swept out? You, you better believe it, buddy. Hallelujah. You can't be routine in those things. You will never fight the giant. You can't slay the lion and the bear in private. Forget about taking on the giant in public. Hallelujah. So Moses comes down from the mount with the tables. He's been up in the presence of God. His face is on fire. And he begins to think about, oh, I forgot about Joshua. <sighs> you know, I've been in the presence of God. And I, I didn't dream it before today. Oh, he won't be there. <laughs> no way. I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't be there either. So he winds his way down from the top of Mount Sinai. Well, just around that big rock down there is where I left him. But he'll be gone. He won't be there. But he rounds that bend. And there says, Joshua, praise the Lord. Still there. I pastored the same church 35 years in Panama City. And there was a neighboring Trinity pastor. I wouldn't tell you who for quarters. But uh, he got elected district superintendent in his organization. That may be a bad omen. I don't know. But anyway, he moved out and then he pastored another town. And I heard he got in some kind of mischief and I don't know what all. But about 25 years later, that fellow came back to Panama City. You know what I'm talking about. I met him in the uh, hospital on a sick call. 
When we met in the corridor, he said, are you still here? <laughs> yeah, I said, when you live right, you can stay put. ready to replace Moses. Who do you suppose he picked? A glamour boy? Somebody play the guitar like Crabtree? No. No. He picked that fellow knew how to sit on a rock. Am I right? Am I telling you the truth? When he got ready to elevate somebody, he picked that fellow knew how to wait. Knew how to fall in love with routine. Didn't get weary while doing. Didn't have to have a change of diet every day. But could fall in love with God's routine. Now when the Lord comes and this beautiful rapture takes place and I believe he could come today. Praise God. The Bible said, when he comes, will he find faith, faithfulness, faithful people? If we appreciate faithfulness, and we do, don't we? I think the most beautiful sight as I go from church to church is seeing the same people in the same place all the time. I love it. They had service last night in Panama City. As I told you, I pastored there for 35 years. I guarantee you I could draw you a panorama of that congregation. I could tell you where almost everybody's sitting. Many of them. Now, how do I know that? Because after 35 years, I know there's some people, if they're not sick of bed, they are there. Let me share this with you. When Jesus made the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and he stopped at Bethany, he took two of his disciples and said, I want you to go into the city and go to a certain street corner and you'll meet a man carrying a pitcher of water. Now, brother, it don't get much more lowly and menial and degrading than just carrying a bucket of water, a pitcher in those days. Jesus said, you'll meet the man. Follow him. He'll lead you to an upper room. He didn't say you'll meet a man driving a Rolls Royce or a fellow with a tuxedo on. You'll meet a simple man carrying a pitcher of water. You say, well, Jesus is God. He knew all things. That's true. But let me believe it my way. That man passed that corner so regularly, so routinely, that Jesus said he'll be there. You don't worry about it. You just follow it. I believe God's going to give us a revival that will blow our minds. I believe that with all my heart. If I hadn't believed that, I'd still be pastoring the church in Panama City. But I've got this goofy notion that I can help the Florida district have revival, and we're trying. There's room for improvement, but we're trying. Praise God. And I believe that what's going to bring the revival about is those other folks have seen that we have been routine. 
We have not compromised. We have not changed from day to day this way and that. But we have been consistent and routine and regular. And the Holy Ghost is going to say, go to Bogalusa, Louisiana. Go to a certain street, whatever this address is. You'll find some people. Follow them. They lead you to the upper room. Above the bottom line is routine is what brought it about. Routine. Routine. The man with the pitcher was there. Jesus knew he would be there. And he said, follow him. And he'll lead you to that upper room. And you know what happened there? Wouldn't you like to live the kind of a life that the Holy Ghost could say, he'll be there. He'll be there. She'll be there. Just follow them. They'll lead you to the upper room. Wouldn't you like to be that kind of a person that the Holy Ghost could say to some of these other folks that don't know the truth as we know it? If you'll go to this particular place and follow this, and brother, it's happened. You hear me? It has happened. I believe it's going to happen some more. And I'm telling us that if there's anything we need today, and God knows there are some things, we need to fall in love again with God's routine. Praise God. I told you the other day, somebody said, you're always preaching a water baptism in Jesus' name. Well, I want to be routine. And I'm not going to quit till everybody gets baptized in Jesus' name. God bless your heart. And when everybody's received the Holy Ghost, I'll preach something else. Praise God. But I want to be routine. Hallelujah. The Bible said, be not weary in well-doing. And I know that I've got a hold of a boring subject because when you talk about routine and repetition, it's a turn-off. But at the same time, the things of God should never become old or boring or routine to us. They ought to stay real and fresh and new every day of our lives. Praise God. I say, can you imagine telling GMAC, man, I paid you last month. Well, you won't. Yeah, we want one this month, too. And we want one next month. And the next month, if you want to keep the Chevrolet. Hallelujah. I was preaching for Brother Robert McFarland in Richmond, Indiana, about 100 years ago, more or less. And he was building a building. I mean, literally laying blocks on the, the first church there in Richmond. He and I were old classmates years ago. He and I went to school with everybody's grandpa anymore. Everybody's grandpa. Elder W.S. Gwynn and I were there. Brother Gwynn was his father-in-law. And uh, we were trying to help him carry blocks and mix mortar and so on. And Bob straightened up to rest his back and kind of slung the mud from his trowel. And he said, Brother, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could build a congregation as easy as I can build this wall? I'll never forget Elder Gwynn's remark. He said, Brother Bob, you could if people would stay put like these blocks do. 
You got it. You got it. Blocks don't get up and move, but people sure do, don't they? Oh, man, you ought to go over yonder. No, what we need to do is fall in love with the routine here. What we need to do is be faithful here. You heard the man of God a while ago said the servant went not once, not twice, but it got to be a routine. He went seven times. I can almost uh, see Naaman and his Rolls Royce coming from Syria. He drove up to the prophet's door, sent his chauffeur, chauffeur run in. And my Lord Naaman's out there in the Rolls. He wants to know what to do. So the servants, I mean the prophet's servant ran in and said, said uh, General Naaman's here from Syria. Got his Rolls double parked outside. His servant wants to know what to do. Elisha said, tell him to go jump in the lake. <laughs> while he's at it, while he's at it, tell him to jump in seven times. <laughs> and the first time didn't work. Second time, oh, we've all preached about it. It wasn't the first time or the second time, but it was routine. Routine that paid off. Well, I'm ready to sing it again. Praise God. I'm ready to play it again. I'm ready to preach it again. I'm ready to pray again. I'm ready to fast again. I'm ready to give again. Praise God. I hope we never change. I hope we never change. Praise God. Hallelujah. I guess this Bogalusa Bible Conference has taken me back to Indiana and my memories more than anything else. The preaching, the uh, atmosphere has been like nearly 50 years ago in Indiana. It really has. Praise God. I hope we never change. Nobody said, don't preach that and don't preach too long and, or, you know, be sure and say that. Nobody. We just have perfect liberty in the Lord. Praise God. Each minister in our own way. And I love it. I want you to know nobody's holding a gun on me and making me do what I'm doing. I love it. I love it. I love this great organization we're in. I hope they don't double the... the uh, budget fee again but if they do I'm going to pay it if I have snore fish bait I'm going to pay it because I love this routine I love what I'm a part of I love our way of worship praise God I hope we never disintegrate into a social uh, group of just you know entertainment and so on I love it I mean that fellow Johnson preached last night in Wayne County, Kentucky, they'd say he bores with a big auger. <laughs> Praise God. I love, it. I love it. Praise God. I don't know how many times I've heard some of these songs. I don't know how many times I've heard some of these expressions, you know. And even some of the text, brethren, I've heard it before. Sure. Sure. 
you know, in 47 years, uh, it gets repetitious. Praise God. But I like it. You know what? I want to be like Joshua. When my heavenly Moses comes down from his mount, I want to be faithful. Praise God. Don't be weary and loud doing. Don't get tired of routine. Say, Brother Pastor, let's sing it again. Praise God. Let's do it again. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with this. I'm not a fan of contemporary music. Not even contemporary gospel music. I got off back there with a great speckled bird somewhere. That's just me. That's just my likes. But there is a song. If you'll come to the piano and the organ, I wish we could close out with today. And it is a new one as far as I'm concerned. Not quite as old as I am. I don't really know who wrote it, but I've heard it several times, and I hope we can sing it. It's called, I Keep Falling in Love with Him, over and over and over again. I like that. I like that. I keep falling in love with Him. I wonder when we, when we sing it, could we say in our minds, you know, I keep falling in love with Bible study, Sunday school, prayer meeting, the tithe march, visitation, building fun, foreign missions, home missions, camp meeting, youth camps. I keep falling in love with it. I'll guarantee you I've heard about as much preaching as anybody here. I'd be a close second to whoever's first. I'm ready to hear some more. I've been to church about as much as you have in 47 years. Huh? But I'm ready for some more. How about you? I am not tired. I want the Lord to know I'm not tired of this routine. Praise God. Let's stand if we will. Can we sing it? I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. Over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him. Yeah.